This is an IG paid post. The news and editorial staff of the Financial Times had no role in its preparation. Hello and welcome to IG's Decoding the Markets. I'm Jeremy Naylor and with me on the pod today is Michael Koval, author of The Complete Turtle Trader and Trend Following, amongst other books, and Mark Shipman, author of several books on trading, including EQ versus IQ. Mark is also an IG client. Uh, we're here to talk about trading psychology with specific reference to running profits and minimising losses. Uh, Michael Koval, to you first if I can, how hard is it to let profits run and cut out of losing trades? It's extremely hard. We're, we're not built to do this. We are hardwired to do the exact opposite. We're hardwired to imagine that everything will go to the moon, uh, everything will never come down. And then, of course, if it does come down, we're also hardwired to never get out. We'd rather ride it straight up and ride it all the way back down, which is what a lot of people did during, for example, the dot-com bubble. They've done it now most recently in crypto. Why is that? Greed and fear, man. This is basic stuff. This is like, you know, we're out in the wilderness. I mean, this is, uh, you know, people just want to make a lot of money. And if they don't really know why it's going up, they're afraid of missing out. And then they don't know, they don't really have a plan on when to get out. You know, so this basic kind of mantra in my world is like, hey, we don't know when something's going to run, but let's get on board. Let's stay on board as long as it's running the direction we're going. But let's have a rule from the beginning that says we are only going to lose this much money and then use that kind of exit strategy at all times. Mark Shipman, uh, in trading, it's possible to make more losing trades than you do winning trades, but still make money. You come out of the day profitable. How hard is it to get into the deep understanding of this statement? Well, I, I mean, I agree with Michael that we're just not hardwired to, um, in a sense, take many losing trades, many losing endeavours. I mean, and this is reinforced by school. If you're at school and you're taking a maths test, it's always on how many you're going to get right out of 10. Um, they don't actually qualify that, say, question number eight is particularly hard and it's worth seven points. Um, everything is one-to-one. -one. And so, therefore, we're rewarded from a very, very early age on being right way more often than we're wrong. Um, you bring that into the world of trading and investing, and, of course, that doesn't matter. Um, you can easily, and in particular, I, I'm a trend follower as well, you can have, uh, you only need three or four decent positions in a year, and that can make your year. Uh, psychologically, though, it's very tough to deal with that feast or famine environment. So I think, unfortunately, we're hardwired, as Michael says, and then our education reinforces this need to be right over being wrong. How quickly then, Mark, should I cut losses that start to appear on my balance sheet? Um, it's an interesting question because... Uh, the classic with stop losses is, is they're either too close or they're too far away. And I think the, the most important thing is we must all realise is that none of us know the future. Um, uh, a mentor of mine many years ago said there are only two people in the world and they're good guessers and bad guessers. So I think in answering your question, what you need to do is, is to find that sweet spot that suits yourself where you're going to give the market enough room to work its normal day-to-day um, price fluctuations, but yet you're still in that if the market tends to move higher. So if you're buying a breakout, you shouldn't probably have your stop aggressively tight. The key to this is money management as well. Um, you should make sure that you give the market enough room to at least wiggle around, as we say. Um, you may see some losses, but these losses shouldn't be anywhere that are going to force you to take action unnecessarily. Uh 
Michael, go, going back to you and this point about being hardwired and, and link it into what Mark has just been saying, I mean, it's human nature, or perhaps maybe pride, uh, means that we always want to be proved right, while fear can drive us to, to grab at profits too early. Um, what is the, the, the psychology? How do we get over the, this sort of approach to trend following and the opportunity to minimize losses? Well, first off, we should understand this is not a novel concept. We can go back to David Ricardo in the UK, what, late 1700s, early 1800s. He was famous, perhaps the first person to say, you know, let your profits run and cut your losses short. So I think it's more of an education issue. And we often don't look at other disciplines that can give us this perspective. For example, you see it in sports. You see it in something like American baseball. You know, a guy hits 300. That's great. You strike out seven times, but if you hit 300, that's great. These days, you can see it in something. There's a new film coming out, a new Halloween film being done, being produced by Jason Blum. And he's all about the venture capital of making films. And there's another one, venture capital. It's completely normal for everyone around the world to, to lionize, just love how Silicon Valley works. You know, we make a bunch of small bets and some of them turn out to be Facebook. But, you know, we don't apply it to our investing. So I really think it's an education issue. I mean, psychology is very important, but if people don't know and you just people need to be told this is how it works. This is the right way. Now, of course, there's always going to be debates and whatnot. But if you really want to go down the path, for example, the UK's most successful trend following investor who thinks exactly like I'm talking, uh, David Harding. I mean, you really want to model the best. And this comes down to who are the best? How can we model them? And how can we get a better education across to people? In, in that case, let me let me put this point to you as well. Um, we've been talking about uh, the uh, trying to minimize losses and cut losses. How about running profits? Because clearly, from what I've just said about the previous question, is that you always want to be proved right, and you can perhaps maybe grab at profits far too early. What's the psychology that needs to be uh, a supporting ideal uh, to allow you to allow trades to, to run and run. And as Mark says, you only need a few trades a year, potentially, that run, uh, that give you the profit. How do you get over that step and become one that allows yourself to continue to see profits coming in? You almost have to treat this as a game. You know, the game is if XYZ market, whatever market starts to run, you just ride it. There are plenty of professional investors around this planet that have made bloody fortunes on markets where they knew nothing about that particular market. People that have made fortunes on Apple or people that made a fortune on crude oil. They don't have any staff that says, hey, we need, we need to know about the supply-demand functions of crude oil. We need to know the technical details of what OPEC is deciding at their latest meeting. No, it's all embedded in the price action. The moment of right now, which way is that price going? and staying on board as long as it goes either up or down if you're going short. And then, again, you're having a stop loss after the market reaches a certain point, a certain peak, or a certain down period. You're saying, you know what? If it retraces from that point, we're going to get out. So ultimately, what, you, what happens with this style of trading, you always get in late and you get out late. And what you're looking for is the middle meat of a trend because you know what? Nobody can predict these things. Mark Schilling. 
Yes, no, I agree entirely. In, in fact, from personal experience, I always remember um, when oil made its first move above 30-odd dollars. And I've got friends that work in the oil industry, both as traders and on the fundamental side. And I sort of proudly announced down the pub that, uh, you know, they asked me what I was doing. I said, well, at the moment, the, the only major position I've got is I'm long oil. I said, why would you buy oil at all-time highs? Why at $30? You know, it can't go any higher. And they gave me this list of reasons. And I knew nothing about oil. I still know nothing about oil. Um, I'm even guilty of putting diesel in a petrol car. Uh, yet I followed my system and I, I buy the breakout and I run it and I have a method for running that. And just as Michael said, I didn't get out at the top. Um, I mean, I think oil peaked at $147. I think by the time my systems kicked in to actually get me out, I took profits around $125. i will i will take long at 30 and sell at $125 and I, I'm, I'm late to the party and I'm late to leave. And ironically, my friends who told me, the people who knew about the oil industry, and they always say this, sometimes the worst people are the ones closest to the product. Um, I don't know, probably their life has been too close to it and they're too traditionally programmed to think oil can't go any higher. I don't know. The, the problem is, Mark, isn't it, that if you are in a trend and the market does go against you, one is the difficulty in, in, in finding the, uh, the, the, the mental consciousness to stay with it on the belief the trend's going to continue, but also that it can actually be quite expensive to hold a position when it goes against you. Um, I think so, but the, the, the logic of this, again, this boils back to money management. No one position should, um, in theory, break you if it goes wrong. You should, you know, the, the carpet bomb, essentially, and take as many trades as you can um, to minimise the damage of something going against you. you if you still get a, a four or five to one winner on a decent trend, that will easily make you have you a good year. I've always found, and in fact, when I came into the city as a trader in the late 80s, I couldn't understand how the markets worked. Fundamental analysis made no sense to me. So to actually reiterate what Michael said, um, at the time, I found uh, basically Market Wizards was the first book I read. And from that moment, I became a trend follower. And after reading about Larry Height, who famously also doesn't understand the markets he was investing in, nor did he desire to, um, I developed a rules-based system. Now, that rules-based system isn't perfect, but it gets me in breakouts and it helps me to run those trends. Yes, I will give money back at the end, but hopefully that's with profits. Yeah, OK. All right. Uh, that's interesting. Rules-based system. M uh, Michael Koval, the final word from you, if we can, please, on this. And after uh, as many years as you've had exposure to the systems that you follow and you talk about a lot in your books, do you deep down honestly say that you can easily follow them or are you still caught out by that trading psychology which hardwires us into doing the opposite of what we should be doing? Jeremy, you are really pushing us today. You want to know how do we have the mental consciousness to execute. You know, there's another way to look at it. You say, well, what is the alternative? The alternative is to just be like the crowd, to be like the masses, to look at every bubble in history and say, okay, I can be the person that wrote it up and wrote it down. I mean, at some point in time, there's a personal responsibility here for everyone to look at the landscape and say, what do the winners do and what do the losers do? And, you know, there's no magic, uh, there's no magic pill that I can give anyone. But if you look at the data and you look at the, the best, the most successful traders going back decades, I think it's a personal decision. And ultimately, look, a lot of people like the excitement. A lot of people genuinely like the idea. And speaking of market wizards, there was another trader in there named Ed Sakota, and he had the expression that everyone gets what they want. And a lot of people win by losing.
We'll leave it there, but thanks for joining us. That's IG's Decoding the Markets. I'm Jeremy Naylor. Today I was talking to Michael Koval and Mark Shipman about trading psychology with specific reference to running profits and minimising losses. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.